Every single time Hunter wakes up from a nap these days, he's asking for a snack and it's usually a fruit snack. And I used to say heck no to all kinds of fruit snacks and goodies like that because I hated all of the artificial dyes, harmful ingredients, and the ridiculous amount of sugar that they have. And while I still am a big proponent in not having all of those things all the time, I find so much hope in knowing that Thrive Market has me covered and has Hunter covered for not just all of those sweet fun treats, but also other essentials while keeping him safe and healthy. And it's honestly become a fun little tradition for Michael and I to sit down and pick out our Thrive Market order. They're so amazing and such our go-to for delicious snacks and pantry essentials and so much more. Their app is so easy to use and everything is delivered to our doorstep in a matter of days, which drastically reduces my stress level because making time to go to the grocery store is my least favorite thing to do. Plus, I'm obsessed with their standards. They restrict literally 1,000 plus harmful ingredients and they only allow the most trusted ingredients for you. I mean, even last order, I saved $20 and got an incredible deal on the poppy probiotic sodas that I love. Plus, it's not just good for your family. When you join Thrive Market, they also gift a membership to a family in need, which is the greatest. So let's save time and money and shop Thrive Market today. Go to thrivemarket.com slash truthtalks for 30% off your first order. Plus, you get a $60 gift for free. That's T-H-R-I-V-E market.com slash truth talks. Thrivemarket.com slash truth talks. Hey you, before we start this episode, I want to share an awesome opportunity that is happening this summer, July 30th through 31st. I am partnering with my awesome friends, Kristen and Bethany at Girl Defined. They are having their annual Girl Defined conference, the 2021 conference this summer in San Antonio, Texas. This is going to be a conference all about helping us as women at any stage shine brightly and bravely together for Jesus Christ. It's no secret that we're just really swimming in a time that is really confusing and it's hard to stand in God's truth. So at this conference, you can join in person and get your in-person ticket, or you can get a live simulcast option. They're going to be talking through numerous speakers about our identity in Christ, how to live out that identity, you know, things for single women, married women, all different ages and stages. So if you want to be a part of this conference, whether that be in person or the live simulcast option, I'm going to have it linked in the episode notes in the episode description. Make sure to sign up now. We are getting so close to this conference. I love my sweet sisters in Christ. They have such a heart for biblical truth, and this is going to be an awesome investment into your faith. Again, all of the information and to grab your ticket, whether that be online and in person to join us, is in the episode notes. We will see you there. Let's shine bright together. Welcome to Truth Talks with Tara. The purpose behind this podcast and online ministry is to help beautiful women like yourself know, love, and live God's truth. Not only will this be a space of truthful, faith-filled talks, it will also be a place where we let God's Word speak for itself, because God's truth speaks. My name is Tara, and I'm your host, but you can call me your sister. Join me each week as we talk about the truth of God's Word and how it can ignite us with purpose. We'll talk about God's Word, how we're called to live, challenging topics, and grow in faith together. My prayer is that God would use this podcast to encourage and equip our hearts. Let's be women who love His truth, live His truth, and spread His truth. Friend, you know what time it is. It is another episode. I am so excited to sit down with you again today or just go along with you in your day, whatever you're doing, and have another conversation. 
You might be surprised to hear that this is one of the biggest questions I have been getting in my Instagram DMs and in my email, everything over the last couple weeks. And I'm like, hey, we need to have this conversation, not only because there's a lot of questions circling around it, but because it's one of the foundational things about being a Christian. I have my awesome friend, Monica from Pineapple Mama, the blog and the Instagram, all things social media. She is a seminary student right now going to a school in Minnesota. And not only does she have all the wisdom from God's word and she's so theologically sound she has such a passion for communicating God's word. So today we're going to be talking about faith and works, how those combine together, what that looks like to live out our faith, but then also this idea of legalism and living legalistically to just check things off of a list instead of living for God and how that can be harmful and actually how to live in a way that honors God and pleases God. So this conversation, there are so many definitions that Monica lays out about how to be someone who lives out of a love for God and that does not live legalistically, someone that is rooted in their faith that's through Jesus Christ alone. So if you are excited for this conversation, please make sure to take a screenshot. Please go ahead, post it to your Instagram stories. Let's get this word out about something that can be kind of confusing in the Christian faith. Make sure to also leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts if you haven't already. Man, partnering with you in this way, this really awesome free way to get this podcast out to more ears is the best blessing. So without further ado, you're gonna love, love this episode. I know I say every single time it's my favorite episode, but I'm just so blessed by what God's doing here. I love you. Let's tune in. Thank you so, so much for being here on Truth Talks with Tara. I have been looking forward to this conversation for a really long time, and I'm just so blessed for your friendship because I feel like we have been I don't know. What do you call it? Social media online. friends. Online yeah, friends. Yeah, social media friends. Um, online friends. Yeah, which is such a blessing for a long time. So I'm really excited yeah. for this conversation. Thank you for being here again. Please introduce yourself to everyone listening. Tell us a little bit about who you are, what you do, what you're passionate about, all the things. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for having me. I know we were talking before the show and I just absolutely love what you're doing Aww. in your social media space. So I am honored and humbled to be here. But um, my name is Monica, like you said, and I am the face behind, it's called Pineapple Mama. So that's my social media and my blog. I love it. Um, yeah. And then what I do is I write, um, I write short, encouraging devotional segments for our local Christian radio station, 98.5 KTIS. And then I speak those on air um, throughout the Twin Cities where I'm located. And those are aired then throughout sister faith radio stations all throughout the United States. Um, but that is what I do. And then I'm located in the Twin Cities, which is in Minnesota. And I'm married to uh, my high school sweetheart. And we have been married, it'll be 14 years oh my next gosh. month. I know. I know. So yeah, 14 years married and I think like 20 years together, which I feel like I'm way too young for that number. <laughs> way too young for that. It's a pretty awesome accomplishment. And I love, love your guys' love story. It was so oh, fun when I first heard yeah. it and saw it. It's so sweet. You know, it is pretty wild, um, <laughs> but God is amazing. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we were from the same town, but we met in Mexico. So it was, it's, it's pretty incredible, but God is fantastic and, you know, led us to each other. And mm -hmm. we've got two little girls together. Um, they are nine and 10. So I am the mom of tweens, which is, um, <laughs> they like to re yeah, they like to remind me that they're like, mom, we're tweens now. I'm like, all right, I'm scared, but excited. 
<laughs> approaching on that that teens teenager stage. Yeah, we're approaching the teens, and it is frightening, but really exciting and <laughs> wonderful. It really is. I mean, we are just developing our relationship as they grow and as I grow, and it's it's beautiful. So it's great. I love that. I love that. It's been really cool to see what God has done through your voice, not only just through social media, but, you know, like sharing through your radio station and yeah. your blog. And it's so cool, too, yeah. to have a fellow uh, sister in Christ who's doing Bible school, doing theology classes, all the things uh, yes. we were talking before we hit record. And she's going into a really, really big class next. So um, all the prayers for Monica as she takes this on. But it's it's been really, really awesome to see how founded she is upon God's word and the excitement she has for her classes, which is just really reassuring for me knowing like, you know, I'm not saying that everyone has to have these classes and credentials, but oh, it's really cool you. to see um, just the excitement you have for learning about God's word and how it translates onto your blog and your Instagram. Yeah, it's been really, yeah. really awesome. So that's why I'm super excited. Another reason why I'm excited for this conversation today, because it's a little bit yeah. of a heavier one, one that's a little bit confusing at times. But before we transition into our conversation today, I love to ask my sweet friends here what their favorite thing is at the moment. This could be literally anything like a household product, an app, a song. I've had coffee, snacks. I've had the most random things, but it's so fun. So tell us one of your favorite things because we want to also try it out in our life. Okay. Well, I could name a bunch of things that are it. my favorite things. <laughs> I could just name lists and lists, but I'm going to tell you like my top three. Okay. Right now. So I just took a class. Like you mentioned, I am in seminary right now. I'm getting my master's in Christian theology, but I just took a class, the history of the church. I'm a huge history nerd. I always have been um, before I claimed my, my undergrad. I actually was a history major. Oh, wow. I ended up switching it, but that was my first mm. love was history. So I love history. History of the church was just a gem. And I just got Dietrich Bonhoeffer's book, Letters and Papers oh, wow. from Prison. Um, if you don't, I know it's really incredible. So if you're unfamiliar with um, Dietrich Bonhoeffer, um, he is a pastor and a theologian, and he spent two years in a Nazi prison camp. And so these are letters and papers from his time there. And he was executed for his role in a plot to kill Hitler. So really, that's one of my favorite things. That's I'm awesome. so excited about that. But on, <laughs> uh, and it's just, I am such a big theological um, history buff. And I just think it's so beautiful to mm -hmm. see the hand of God throughout history and then following theologians from the beginning of time. And we just see God's mm, faithfulness yeah, yeah, throughout absolutely. generations. And I just love that reminder as we study history. But um, a couple of my favorite, other favorite things are I just discovered completely off topic from that um, gluten-free Oreo oh, cookies. I've heard about so, these. They're actual Oreos, right? But they're just gluten-free. Yeah. They're actual Oreos. And I haven't had an Oreo I mean, for ages. I mean, since I was a little kid. So I'm just in heaven with these Yum. things. I just, I sit in the sunshine. That's my other thing. That is my favorite thing right now. We just talked about the heat. And I <laughs> love the heat. So at the end of the day, I take two little Oreos and I sit outside. You have a lot of, of self-control just to take two out in the sunshine with you. <laughs> that's, you know, that's what I have to do is I just take two 
And then you sit outside in the sunshine by my flowers. And I just, oh, it is just such a gift. And just savor that little moment. I love that. I love that. That was like the best combination of favorite things. Like an awesome book about really a martyr, you know, for for Jesus and for God Mm -hmm. in a way. And then an awesome snack in the sunshine. I really hope everyone's getting some sunshine now. It's really, it's really, really too hot for me here. But, you know, I'm glad that it's a favorite for (laughs) for you, Monica. We need, we need the the sunshine bugs. So (laughs) we're going to get you one of those little stands with like the water that squirts out. I might need one of those. And Michael, my husband might need one too. You should have seen us yesterday. We're just like, oh my gosh, you're dying. Oh goodness. Well, I really, I really, really appreciate you sharing your favorites. Super always like a really fun part of the conversation, but um, I'm super, super pumped as I keep saying about talking about faith works and legalism today, kind of the, um, the idea of faith and works in the Bible and legalism and what all that is. So, um, to transition Monica first, tell us a little bit about, um, you know, your studies and your schooling. I know that we talked about that you are in seminary, but just how you really like the benefits and how it has really just equipped you in understanding things like faith and works, like just the benefits of it. Yeah. So I am in seminary right now. I am going to Bethel Seminary to earn my master's degree in Christian thought. And it's really just a program that allows us to dive deeper into Christian thinking. Um, And so when we do this, we're looking at doctrine just in a broad scope, but it helps us to understand the whys. And I'm a big why asker. So mm-hmm. I, I have told this story before on my Instagram, and I don't know if you remember, but I actually got in trouble as a kid. Um, I was in a confirmation class and I just couldn't wrap my head around the why. Like, why are we doing this? Why? I don't understand. Why are we trusting Jesus? Why, why, why? And that's, I just kept asking it. Um, and I, I got in trouble for it. But Um, (laughs) and I feel like going to school in seminary, um, gives me an opportunity to ask why, but then also Mm -hmm. get those answers. And it helps us confirm using reason and logic, what we already believe by faith. So that's something that we do as we continue, continue to study theology and study doctrine. And, you know, we have this command from the Lord, and this is given to us multiple times throughout scripture, Old Testament, and then re- repeated by Jesus, Jesus explicitly in the new. Um, but the command is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. And then some translations mm-hmm. add your strength. And this is a command given to us by God. And I just think, man, in order to do this and do this to the best of my personal ability, um, that includes going to school. And that has been um, how I've been equipped to um, know God, love God. And it's not just this knowing to know. It's a knowing because I, mm-hmm. I, I genuinely yeah. want to know who God is so that I can love him the best that I can. So, No, yeah. that's, that's so good. I love that you're so passionate <laughs> about the why because I think, I mean, the why, like I always think about that word and I equate it to motivation, the reason why we do the things that we do and yeah. the reason why we believe what we do and the reason why we actually live out and, you know, take action on what we do. So I think that's really, really cool that, you know, we often forget that the Bible is not only something that we read, but it's something that um, can compel us and motivate us. So that is really, really, really awesome. And I'm so glad that your schooling just like really reinforces that. So yeah, I thought that it would maybe quench some of that thirst, but I I think it actually has just propelled it. 
That's so, so cool. That's so cool. I love it. Oh, yeah. You like, I don't know. Like you always like just excite me about learning. So oh, good. I, I really hope that that translates and I know it will to this conversation. But yeah. um, as we transition, um, to be super, super honest, I grew up in the church. It's kind of, it's my testimony, but, you know, mm-hmm. I always heard the terms legalism, faith and works. But, you know, for, for me personally, it never really took root or made sense to me until I got older. Um, you know, a lot of us know what faith in Christ is. I mean, it's essential to our lives and salvation, but you know, for a lot of us, what happens when we intersect it with this concept of faith and works? So how do the two go together? You know, Paul's letter to the Romans, the book of James, a lot of others talk about the difference between faith and works. So it just must be something important to us. And it actually is, I would say, one of the most important things as a Christian and one of the most important things we need to understand. Mm -hmm. So Monica, I'd love if we could dive deeper and define what the Bible says about faith and works. What are some main passages that you found in your studies, in your lifetime that really, um, you know, unpack this concept? Yeah, I know that you and I both love definitions and just, um, Mm -hmm. you know, definitions I think are so important because when you're having these kinds of conversations, we need these definitions um, to anchor conversation. And um, it helps us use reason and logic as we continue to confirm what we already believe by faith. So I think it's going to be important for us to define a few things here before we jump into this. And I want to see what the Bible says about mm-hmm. the definition of faith. And the definition of faith is in Hebrews 11.1. 1. It says, faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. And then I want mm-hmm. us to move from there to look at what the Bible says is the definition of salvation. And when we think of salvation, we can look at this as reconciliation. I like to use that word a lot because what that means is we're reconciled back to God in Mm -hmm. right relationship. So think of right standing before God. So that's the definition of salvation Mm -hmm. and reconciliation. And we can find a great definition. I love looking at John 3.16 for this path, for this definition. Um, I know that a lot of times, maybe as Christians, this is one that gets a little bit glazed over because it's so common. Um, But this is really what it is. Mm It's God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son through his son that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. So that's what that reconciliation and that reconciling right standing with God looks like um, through Jesus Christ. And then the way in which to receive Mm -hmm. salvation. So this is going to be another important foundation for us as we continue this conversation is the definition found Mm -hmm. for us um, on this way in which to receive salvation is found in Ephesians 2, 8 through 10. And it's this reminder. It says, it is by grace you have been saved through faith, that this is not from yourself, This is a gift from God, not because of works, lest any man should boast. So I think that those Mm -hmm. definitions um, are extremely important to establish this foundation and understanding the truth that our faith and our Mm. works, though they work in tandem together at times, faith is something Mm -hmm. in and of itself. And we can see that from that biblical definition. So that definition of faith, doesn't sure. say mm-hmm. anything about our works. Um, yeah, but, you know, we can go even deeper with this and we can talk about like, and I know you've mentioned this, the book of James. Mm-hmm. So the entire oh, book of James yeah. is really focused on a genuine faith. 
And it's a faith that moves. I always like to distinguish faith in two specific ways. We have a head faith and we have a heart faith. And what James is talking about when he Mm -hmm. says faith without works is dead is essentially what he's asking us to do, what he's telling us to do is move this faith Mm -hmm. that's in our head, move it down to our hearts so that it moves out our hands and our feet into action. And then in addition to this, I want to take a look at, um, Mm -hmm. and I I call this a little bit of a controversial passage. And and the reason why it's controversial Mm -hmm. is because there are traditions within the Christian faith that would maybe interpret this passage as meaning um, something a little bit different. But the passage is 1 Corinthians 3, 4 through 15. And it talks about works being put through fire. Uh, Yep. And so, you know, we have to be careful. I know you've had an episode where you talked about hermeneutics. And so we have to be really careful to use proper hermeneutics Mm, here and interpretational uh techniques to understand what this verse is telling us. So there are some traditions within the Christian faith that would interpret this a little bit differently. But when we use our proper hermeneutics, we can see that this verse is really telling us, scripture tells us that our works, they will be put through fire. So um, there's also within this passage, some indication that there will be a heavenly reward for works. So that's an interesting thought to think about, but we have to be really, really clear again on those definitions that we've already explained um, that our works do not earn us Mm -hmm. salvation and our works must be done on the foundation and intention of, of a heart for Christ or they won't last. So first Corinthians Mm -hmm. three, 14, three, four through 15, it tells us that these works that are done outside of a heart for Christ those works are going to be lost. They will perish. So those are a few things that scripture tells us about works in relation. This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. 2024 has simultaneously felt like the longest and shortest year. Our little family has gone through so many highs and lows and joys and valleys. I mean, Hunter's growing up so crazy and our calendars are so crazy. And this is usually the time of year where so many of us give up on our New Year's resolutions. And while some of mine have not panned out, to be honest, there are some that have. I am personally really proud of my consistent workout routine this year. It has been something that has been so off and on since having Hunter. It's also given me so much mental clarity to be physically active. I'm also really proud that I have instilled regular rhythms of rest in my life and not just rest when I'm burnt out, which was usually the norm. When life moves so quickly, let's just slow down and celebrate our little wins and move forward in faith and make adjustments for the rest of the year. This is your little mid-year check-in. Therapy can help you take stock of your progress and set achievable goals for the rest of the year. So if you're thinking about giving therapy a try, try BetterHelp to keep you on track. It's entirely online, so it flows with your lifestyle, and you can select a therapist that fits your needs and beliefs, but also feel the freedom to switch at any time to find the best match. Therapy gives you the space to talk about the good, the bad, the ugly, and process it, which can be really hard on your own. So visit betterhelp.com slash truth talks today and get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash truth talks. To our faith. So, so good. I really appreciate how you just laid the foundation because it's something that we forget often, which is 
like, I, I don't know, I feel silly saying that sometimes, but we need to go back to definitions of faith, of salvation, and not only just for this conversation, but just in general as, as Christians to remember where we came from, where our life really begins. And um, a big thing that I just want to emphasize is I've had a lot of people message me lately, and that's why I'm really like, hey, let's get this conversation with Monica going about faith and works. And a lot of people are like, okay, I don't really know how I'm supposed to live out my faith and am I doing it right? Am I, you know, am I doing it in the way that God wants me to? If I'm not actually working for the Lord, do I not actually have faith? There's all these questions, but Monica, Mm -hmm. I really appreciate how you just said, hey, you know, our faith is not dependent on our works. It's only through the grace of Jesus Christ and his, you know, his bloodshed on the cross for us through God sending him. But in the Mm -hmm. same way, it's, in tandem. It's not dependent on, but it's, it's working together in a way. But, um, Mm -hmm. I really appreciate the head and the heart knowledge because I think a lot of times, like we know a lot of things we know, just a very, very silly explanation, but I live in a small town, but I know that jaywalking is illegal. <laughs> but at right. the same time, like it might not be in my heart all the time because I do it sometimes. <laughs> you do it sometimes. Yeah, yeah. And so mm-hmm. there's a big difference between that. And it's um just having the proper motivation and intention. I really like the word intention that you used more. So yeah. that is really, really good. But, you know, we have heard the verse, you know, Hebrews 11, 6, faith without or faith is dead without works, we get really tripped up on that, meaning, okay, I have faith, but mm-hmm. if I don't have works, I'm dead. I'm I'm not, you know, maybe we question if we're going to heaven, if we're saved. Um, but there's a fine line there. Um, and I really am glad that we set the tone because there's this fine line that we um that we've heard of maybe called legalism. Um, and I think this yeah. actually ties really, really well into faith and works. We're gonna get a little bit into it more later, but we hear this word a lot in the Christian church and we're cautioned against it. We're told not to be legalistic, we're told to stay away from these um ideas. Um, and really let's just roughly define it what legalism is, um, why we as believers are told not to live out of legalism. Um, um, just where this mindset comes from. Sure. Yeah. I think that, again, it's just really important to lay that foundation of definitions. Again, that's how we anchor conversation and that's how we anchor logic and reasoning. So a, a simple definition of legalism would be an attempt to obtain righteousness or right standing with the Lord through actions. Mm. So if you want to think of like, you know, biblical times um, and the, we've got the Pharisees or people of the Jewish faith, they attempted this right standing through the law. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yep. So in recent days, you know, we we also have an attempt to do this, you know, with works or with ways of living. That's legalism to attempt to obtain that righteousness or a right standing or even God's favor through a set of actions or a way of living. And uh-huh. um, yep. And so. I really think humanity just has this way of obscuring the word, the word of God and the Pharisees. You know, we just have this way of doing that. Really, we all do this to some extent. We do because our hearts are inclined to sin. Mm-hmm. They just are. That's what our humanity is. Um, it's also an individual le- level. Sometimes I think it can be related to feelings of insecurity. You touched on that a little bit, yeah, Tara, but yeah. perhaps it's you know, not having assurance of faith or possibly insecurities of something entirely different. Sometimes when we lean into legalism or obtaining favor through a set of actions or guidelines, um, that can be an underlying issue of insecurity, of feeling out of control, of um, just perfectionism. Those things are 
all part of that or they have potential to be part Mm -hmm. of that. But either way, it's imperative that we note that when we do this, what we're doing essentially is adding or even subtracting to that definition of salvation of faith Mm -hmm. through grace. And when we do this, what we're actually doing and why it's wrong, why we're asked not to do it is because it diminishes the work of Jesus and his sacrifice on the cross. And in theological terms, this would be in relation to what's known as the doctrine of sufficiency. Mm -hmm. So and a brief definition for the doctrine of sufficiency would be defined just really simply as the holding of the Bible, the 66 books of the Bible as authoritative in that it is all we need for complete salvation to equip us for Mm -hmm. life of faith and service. So that would be the doctrine of sufficiency. And when we add to that, we diminish the work of Jesus Christ on the cross. And that is why we're asked not to do that. That is why God says, don't add to my word um, and don't add to what is necessary for salvation because Jesus did this. So trust him enough in his complete sufficiency. No, that's so good. That's so good. I think that's what it, it that's what it comes down to. Just recognizing exactly. that what Jesus did was enough through grace alone. Um, mm-hmm. Scripture is enough. Jesus is enough. And um, just remembering that because I think a lot of times when we live out of a legalistic mindset, sometimes it's just really it's really not obvious to us at times, especially people like even the most. Um, just solid Christian who's striving hard. I think a lot of times out of that striving, meaning just working really hard out of our own, out of our own selves to be this perfect Mm -hmm. Christian, which we can't, but just to be this just righteous Christian, I think out of that striving, um, subconsciously at times, we all start to think that, okay, I read this passage that says to you know, love the Lord with all my heart to serve one another, to use my gifts. And we see those as, you know, boxes on a list to check off. And that can be very legalistic if we're, like Monica said, Mm -hmm. if we're doing this from simply the head mindset, the head faith, which is Mm -hmm. good. It's good to have that head faith and that knowledge, but only doing it out of that without the heart, which is intended to honor God, to please God, not because we think we can earn our salvation, but because we already have through grace alone and we want to please God and we want to follow God and we want to obey God because we love him. It's just kind of all that little trickle effect there. And so I think that's, I think that's really important. You know, I, love how Jesus came. And I I did this big study with my church and um, took time to also go deeper on my own, just go through the gospels and learn more about Jesus. And something that I learned about him was that, um, you know, sometimes we hear that Jesus just came to be a disruptor. Jesus just came to be a lover. You hear two different sides. Like one person may say he's a disruptor. One person may say he's a lover. He was both. Um, But something really cool that I loved about what Jesus did. um, I'm I'm forgetting the passage now, but you know, Jesus did not come to abolish the law, but to fulfill it. I think a lot of people Mm -hmm. think that um, they're confused by the way that Jesus did fulfill the law. Um, But when he came, he told the Pharisees that there was this new way of living that 
you know, before Jesus came, he asked them to follow these rules. And just because they were humans, just like us, it was easy to be legalistic. It was easy to just live accordance to the law and yada, yada, yada without the heart posture. And so it's really Mm -hmm. cool how Jesus came to say, yeah, I want you to follow the law. I want you to do these things because I told you so, because I'm worth obeying. But I also want you to do it because you love me. And I want you to do it because it's in addition to your faith. It's um, proof of your faith, you know? So I think Mm -hmm. that's a really cool thing to remember about Jesus, you know? Yep. Yeah, absolutely. He wants us to manifest his character in our hearts so deep. It comes out in our mouth and it comes mm-hmm. out in our hands and yeah. feet. So, so good. Um, You know, mm-hmm. the, the key part right there, like we were just talking about, you know, what Jesus came, he came to change a lot of things, he came to fulfill a lot of things. But um, briefly, I love just to talk about, we could talk about a whole episode on this. I love talking about the oh, old yeah. and new covenants, but um, it's so, so fun. But uh, friends, old and new covenant, basically old covenant before Jesus, new covenant when Jesus came after. So there are actually, like we were just talking about before, key differences between that. And so us living in the new covenant, it really is different for how we um, live out our faith. It has a lot to do with this faith and works topic. So Monica, I'd love to um, just hear your thoughts on you know how our life is different and how our faith really is different in a way um, now that we're in this new covenant and we're not the Pharisees, you know, just doing a list of legalistic things. Yeah, I really love there's this clear side by side picture of old covenant living and new covenant living when we look at Paul's letter to the Galatians. And I specifically want to point out Galatians 3 for this. And I love it because Paul brings us all the way back to the Old Testament. He brings us to Abraham, which Abraham is who God made the old covenant with. And let's define covenant because we love our definition. So covenant, (laughs) yes, a covenant is a legally binding agreement like marriage. So your marriage is a covenant. Um, So it's a legally binding agreement. And God made this covenant with Abraham. And the old covenant states that in order to receive, remember, we've talked about the right standing with God. Um, to receive that righteousness, that favor with God, there's obedience that's required. And that's in and through the law. But no one could ever uphold the covenant because in our humanity, um, we continue to break this mm-hmm. covenant. Yeah. And so God knew that Abraham or any other person would not be able to uphold their end of the covenant. So we needed a savior. That's what the law did. And that's what the old covenant essentially just told us is, hey, in your humanity, you cannot receive this right standing with a holy and true God. You need a savior. And so Jesus Christ came to fulfill the covenant. And that's why they say he fulfilled the covenant is because he is the perfect sacrifice. Actually, when a covenant is broken, there needs to be bloodshed in order to restore that covenant. Um, So the sacrifice is Jesus Christ. And that is why he came. That is why he died. That is why he rose again. And this fulfills the old covenant, thus making a new covenant. Mm. And again, just referencing referencing Galatians, Galatians 3.10 reminds us that all who rely on observing the law, or in other words, all who rely on obedience are cursed. And this is because you can't gain righteousness. You cannot gain right standing with God through obedience or works alone. Mm-hmm. Um, but God has promised the Israelites. It's it's so fun. I love the Old Testament. God promises the Israelites, and this is in Exodus. He promises them freedom, blessing, and reconciliation in the Old Covenant. And we have those same promises mm, in the New so Covenant. Good. 
through Jesus Christ, that freedom, blessing, reconciliation, God calls us his and we call God ours through this new covenant. And we have a lot of freedom in the new covenant. Galatians reminds us that now there is no Jew, no Greek, slave, free, male, nor female. In the new covenant, we are all one in Jesus Christ. And that's Galatians 3, 26 through 29 on that one. But we're not bound to the law anymore. Um, yeah. Under the new covenant, mm-hmm. we have that reconciliation to God through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. Yeah, and we have a sacrifice that is eternal, that is one and done. You know, if yes and amen. And I love that. There, are, you know, friends you read and may be confused. I was at times with the sacrifices all over the Old Testament. And yeah. it's like, okay, why are they always sacrificing a lamb? Why are they doing all these rituals? Why could only, you know, the priests go and see God in the temple? Mm-hmm. Like, why couldn't we? Um, and there's all these things, but that's what the old covenant was. It's confusing at times. And sometimes we won't fully understand mm-hmm. it. But the cool thing is that like Monica was saying, like, yeah, like God saw, hey, uh, I mean, you guys, I love you guys, but you're broken and you're sinful. You can't do it on your own. So I'm going to, I'm yeah. going to bring something new. And it's really, really awesome to be able to live on this side of, um, existence on, um, and to mm-hmm. have this new covenant and, just to have that freedom, not necessarily to do whatever we want, but the freedom to just live in the finished work of Jesus Christ and live in, in just pure faith that we didn't have to earn, but that we can Mm -hmm. uh, live out from a love for God. You know, that's, that's the works that we're talking about today is, um, you know, being obedient to God. Yes. But also loving God and having this relationship that, you know, people couldn't have in the old covenant because there was a separation in a way between God, but just Mm -hmm. living out of like, wow, I get to be intimate with God every single day. And so I love him. And so I'm going to live for him. And so I really, Monica, thank you for defining that, like literally love definition so much. It (laughs) could not be more clear. Um, But that's like a really good segue. I think, you know, there's this line, like we were talking about, there's a line to walk between, you know, living out our faith in works because we love God, but then also like being legalistic. You know, we've talked about both of those things and, you know, how do we walk that line? You know, does God, does God's word have an antidote for the struggle? Meaning like, does God actually tell us that it's possible to, you know, live out our faith and works while also not being legalistic, you know? Yeah. You know, I think that scripture, well, I don't think, I know that scripture really shows us so deeply that it comes down to our heart's intentions, particularly on the side of the new covenant. And there's this reminder in Matthew 12, 34, Jesus says, out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. And while in this particular passage, Jesus is specifically speaking about the words we use, um, I think we can appropriately extend this to understand that it's out of our hearts and the internalization of God, we can begin to emulate his character. Mm, So this happens through our words and through our actions too. So Jesus is after your heart. Again, his command for us is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength, so that you can live out actions that are representative of the manifestation of that love. And, you know, if you find yourself falling into some legalistic living, Mm -hmm. I challenge you to ask some questions. I challenge you to ask, you know, are you feeling insecure? Is that insecurity arising from questions in regard to assurance of your faith? Is it 
questions arising in regard to feeling a lack of control, Hmm. an inability perhaps to surrender, um, an inability to perhaps trust God with all he has done. Um, And I challenge you then to invite the Holy Spirit into that self-reflection because God is faithful to reveal himself. And as you cast light on your heart in that self-reflection, you know, God really does offer to us in a a great exchange where he can exchange what's happening in our hearts for his love and his Mm. mercy and his grace. So if that's something that you're falling into, um, again, I just invite you to um, ask the Holy Spirit into that self-reflection. And then I think just additionally, one, this is kind of a side note, but there is a piece in scripture, Paul tells us in Romans, that we each do have works for us to do, that God has blessed works to each of us. Um, but I want to be really clear that we are not to compare works. Mm, So my works are going to look different than yours and your works are going to look different than mine. So I would just use, um, some caution to not compare works and not to judge others works Mm, because only God knows individual hearts and individual intentions. And so I think that that's an important piece to kind of chew on as well. Oh no, I'm so, I'm so glad you added that in because that's huge. I think sometimes, you know, we are on both sides of the coin where we compare Mm -hmm. our works to others and think to ourselves, okay, mine, I'm not, I'm not measuring up. And then that can lead into legalistic living. Or on the other side of the coin, we can Mm -hmm. compare our works and say, oh, she's not, he's not doing as much as I am. And then we, we come into this, um, prideful kind of, uh, way of living. Exactly. Exactly. And so Mm -hmm. that's very dangerous and there's other, there's other ways there, but, um, I think that's something we need to remember because, you know, as I've just been going about this past year, even I've just been realizing a lot that what God has for me is, you know, specifically with purpose and some of like my actions and the way I live can be different from other people. I mean, there's, there's principles and there is commandments that are all the same for us, you know, to bear Mm -hmm. fruit, to love the Lord, your God with all your heart, soul, and mind to serve one another, to use your gifts. Like there's all these scriptures that are for every believer. Um, but it is lived out in different ways, if that makes sense. Like it's lived out through Monica, through you by, you know, being a mom right now. And I don't have that. And it's lived out through you by, you know, speaking on, on the air and like, it's not that way for me. And so there's just a lot of different things, but it doesn't, it doesn't necessarily mean that, you know, that it's worse or like, you know, not as good. It's just remembering and trusting. I think for me that God is the best giver of gifts. He is the best Mm -hmm. director of plans and of my life. And, you know, if, it looks different for me than great. As long as I am in that hard intention of following him, you know, and right. I think a really big thing that you hit on, um, before was, um, talking about, you know, that self-sufficiency in a way that's the, mm-hmm. probably the biggest thing for me and friends. I don't know about you listening. I can only imagine that you felt this way too, is that a lot of times I fall into this legalistic way of living when I think that I am self-sufficient, when Yeah. When I'm enough on my own, when I am strong Mm -hmm. enough, when I am capable enough, when I have enough money, when I have enough followers, whatever. And I start checking things off just because I think I can do it just because I believe I have the capacity within myself. Remember the truth is that it is by grace alone. It is by faith. It is by Jesus alone and what he did on the cross. And so that's something that, um, 
I'm examining my heart and I need to do more of, but I would encourage you to do as well, like Monica encouraged, is just to, you know, analyze if that's a big thing. Because I know for me, that is usually the culprit. (laughs) Yeah. And you know what, Tara, it's so interesting because you saying that I actually would be the exact opposite. Oh, yeah. So I will... I will strive when I'm feeling insecure Mm. in my relationship with the Lord because I'm trying to earn favor or obedience uh, or favor or righteousness or a right standing. Uh So that's where my striving comes in is I'm, I'm thinking, okay, I am feeling insecure in my relationship or assurance in my faith or my purpose or what God has called for me. And then I try and push it on my own and I will. Yes. So that again comes down to that doctrine of sufficiency is do I believe that Jesus is sufficient? Is he sufficient mm-hmm. to fulfill my need for salvation in my faith? And can I rest in that as the foundation? Yeah. Um, and so I think, it, you know, everybody is so individual in that too. Right. And so that's why it requires that, um, that. And I think it's important to note too, we want to invite the Holy Spirit into our self-reflection. So making sure that we're not self-reflecting just on our own, or we're not self-reflecting against the world, we are reflecting with the Lord. So making sure that we're inviting the Holy Spirit into that as, as we, you know, take on that endeavor. Yeah, that's so good. Something too that kind of sparked when you were talking is just, you know, I mean, number one, like you said, inviting the Holy Spirit into it and you know, really diving deep into self-reflection with the Holy Spirit. You know, I think sometimes it can be easy to self-reflect on our own, but inviting the Holy Spirit Mm -hmm. as Christians, one, because there's no one better to help us, to convict us, to challenge us, to encourage us. But then two, like if we're we're doing this on our own, we're not going to get anywhere. We're not going to get to the place we want to be with the Lord. Um, And then also like friends, Monica shared so, so many awesome verses. Like I need, like when I edit this episode, when when it goes live, I need to like (laughs) write them down again. But like just reminding yourself of the truth by reading these scriptures she talked about. There's a ton that I'm sure you can look up, but just there's a ton that she mentioned too. But just like reading those below believing those, asking God to speak to you through those and to really make them foundational to your life because, you know, it's really like, you know, taking it from the head, like she was saying, to the heart and actually believing them with your heart. So I think that just Mm -hmm. is the thing that we need. We need to be reminded of God's truth and also that couples with the Holy Spirit. So I really, really appreciate that and all the nuggets. But as we kind of close here, I mean, are there any other nuggets? You've shared so many, so many good words, but um, any other nuggets you would encourage and leave people with is, you know, maybe they find themselves struggling with this. Like, you know, Monica, Tara, like I hear you, but you know, I have this heart that wants to live for God, but like, it's really hard for me to do it. Like, you know, is there anything that you would, you would share with them as we, as we close? You know, I would just encourage someone who is struggling in this area just to continue inviting the Holy Spirit into your faith and again into your self-reflection because sometimes it does feel Christianese which is a term I use for some of these you know Christian phrases that if you're around Christians long enough you start to hear on repeat and they might start to feel trite to you um, if that's the case but one of those things is that I like to say is be still with the Lord and What I mean by this is to pray and wait expectantly for God, trusting in his faithfulness. So do not underestimate the power of prayer in building and strengthening your faith. Jesus tells us that we can pray in and we can pray through any doubts or feelings of ingenuine Mm -hmm. faith. And when, when you boil it down, really this legalism is a form of slavery. 
Wow. So when we, when we look at relying on works to earn us favor or right standing with God, um, that's slavery. Wow, that's and John eight thirty six, it's it's in direct conflict with the new covenant. It's in direct conflict with scripture. John eight thirty six reminds us that if the son sets you free, mm. you are free indeed. So if you are stuck and bound in legalism or a faith that feels ingenuine, um, prayer is, I think, the most powerful tool we have at our disposal mm-hmm. to help us out of that. And I'm going to give you one of my favorite number one prayer tips. And this is, don't take this um, to mean anything secular. So my number one prayer tip is visualization. And this is not, absolutely not, let's be really clear. This is not like a manifesting (laughs) of anything good or calling light or anything you would think of in a secular sense of visualization. But what I want you to do is visualize that you're sitting with Jesus Mm, Christ himself right there next to you. Hand over hand in the car. I do this all the time in the car because I'm in the Mm. car 24 seven. I've got, you know, I've got tweens. So we're driving. They want to go everywhere. (laughs) That's right. We are driving in the car. So hand over hand, Jesus Christ is right next to you. And you can visualize that and just be honest with him. He already knows it anyways. But, you know, remember he's after our heart and he's after relationship. So picture yourself visually sitting with the Lord, physically handing over your struggle to him and then be still. Wait expectantly Mm. for the Lord to strengthen your faith to strengthen your heart, to strengthen your mind, and God will reveal himself to you. And I always add this little this little note at the end of that. I say rinse and repeat <laughs> because this isn't <laughs> this isn't a one-time yeah, thing. That's good. Um if this is a one-time thing, then we'd all be sitting really pretty in the eyes of the Lord. Um but no, this is, you know, with a really strong faith, but this is a continual thing. I you know, have lived enough life now to understand that hard times come, faith wavers, and I go in and out of phases where I feel um, stronger in my relationship with the Mm -hmm. Lord um, or closer in my walk with Jesus than other times. Um, And so this is not a one-time event. This is a constant. This is how we live this out, um, is is rinse and repeat. I love that. It's so simple, but... (laughs) Yeah. Something that I we need to be reminded of so much. And I think the power of prayer has been, for me personally, emphasized so much. And um, it's such a good reminder that, yet again, no surprise here, <laughs> that it is, it's cornerstone. It's foundational to this idea of living wholeheartedly um, from our heart, you know, for the Lord. So, so, so good. Monica, I am just like fired up over here. I'm seriously, I'm so, so thankful for you, not only for your friendship, but for the way you love God's word. It's just, it's something that is so genuine and um, passionate that it just excites other people about God's word and about how simple it is. Like really just going back to the gospel, laying down those definitions, like there's just so much in this episode. So I just love you, girl. Thank you so, so much. Well, thank you so much for having me. Oh my gosh. So excited about this. this. It's been such a blessing. So before we um, close out the episode, I would love if you could share, I'll have it linked in the episode notes, but share where our listeners can find you, where they can read your awesome devotionals, how they can hear from you, all the things and connect with you. Yeah. So you can find me on my blog, pineapplemama.com and that's M-O-M-M-A for mama. And then Instagram is pineapple underscore mama on there as well. I love it. Yeah. 
I love it too. It's it's literally the cutest thing. Um, <laughs> you'll have so much fun following along her real life, but also she like, I don't know, like seriously, like her conversation, that's what you get, you know, on, on her social media. And um, you'll, you'll come away challenged with her, with her awesome thoughts from what she's learning and you'll reap the benefits yes, of you. all the tough classes she's taking. So <laughs> yes, tough ones coming oh, up. That's no, right. it's good. It's good. Oh, Monica, thank you again. I love you friends. Thank and you. just again, so blessed by you. Love you right back, Tara.